0: dear listeners, this is not the full film of The Cat Returns. This is a review of the English dub of the film. The film is available on home video from G Kids and streaming on HBO Max in the United States, and streaming on Netflix in most other territories. Go watch it there instead of giving us some smarmy comment about how this isn't the movie, because now you know this isn't the movie. With that out of the way, on with the show the dub talk podcast may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences viewer discretion is advised ah. oh hello buddy oh i know you want to hang out but i gotta record something for the podcast so you just uh just uh pop on out of here okay we'll see you later Bye, bye all right where was i Please be aware, this episode will contain spoilers for The Cat Returns, so make sure you watch it before listening. Why don't you get back in here? And Close the door. Oh, you're a crafty little guy, aren't you? Oh, someone's very good at finding his way into places, isn't he? Well, away with you. Ah. Finally, the views and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect those of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. And with that out of the way, oh my God, where did all these cats come from? Well, dude, did you get did you get some friends? How'd they get How'd they get in here? Do I have enough food for this many cats?
1: No, and welcome to Dub Talk. It's the summer. It's hot outside. I'm sweaty. You know what we should do? Come inside and watch some movies. That's right, we're back with Summer at the Movies, and I'm with my co-host today, Amon. Amon? I'm sorry my cat got in here. Hi! <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine's in here, too. She's just in the closet. (laughs) Howdy, Uh, howdy, folks. Hi, everybody. Speaking of cats, uh, your cat has picked the perfect movie to come into the room and talk about things. Also, how is your cat?
0: Terrible. Ill-tempered little bastard.
1: But you love him. Uh, We're fostering
0: him. We do not love her. (laughs)
1: Hopefully that foster home comes soon enough. Uh, That permanent home comes soon enough. Uh, But speaking of things that should have a permanent home in your shelf, this week we are talking about Studio Ghibli's uh, 2002 film, The Cat Returns. This one was directed not by uh, Hayao Miyazaki, because he was currently busy getting spirited away in more ways than one, I hope, Um, but rather one Mr. Hiroyuki Morita. So, I had seen this before. This is actually my favorite Ghibli movie. It's a respectable um, choice. Yeah, I bought this on a whim when I was like 13 in New York City at Kinakunia, and I pretty much, I think, burnt my DVD copy or lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, now I have the nice fancy steel book from G Kids.
0: <laughs> fancy.
1: Yes. Um, and then this was your first time seeing this, correct?
0: Correct. Uh, I missed this the first time around because back when Disney put this out, this was back when I I mean, I'm still lazy about anime, but it was like, you know, it was like straight to video. I didn't know much about it. It was like, I'll get around to that at some point. And at some point, it ended up being about
1: 20 years later.
0: About, thereabouts, yeah.
1: Yeah, this movie is 20 this year, which is terrifying. Wild. Um, yeah, it debuted in Japan on July 19th. Of 2020... 2002!
0: Uh, You you have to do that reset where it's like, wait, when the numbers are that small, we don't do the 20 thing. (laughs) Crap.
1: Shit, my brain. Like, oh man, I found out Princess Tutu was 20 this year, and I fucking aged like the end of Private Ryan. Yep. Uh, So... Uh, for a little information on the background of The Cat Returns, it's actually a manga spinoff of the original film. uh, It's a manga spinoff of Whisper of the Heart. Whisper of the Heart was also adapted into a film in 1995 uh, by Studio Ghibli that was directed by Yoshifumi Kondo. Um, But this one essentially uh, it was basically a short thing uh, for a cat but then it turned into its own movie which has the character of the Baron from uh, Whispers of the Heart Return. And the general plot summary of this is that um, a high school girl named Haru uh, Haru Yoshioka ends up saving a cat from getting hit by a car after she sees it uh, trying to take a little box across the street. She's shy and stuff. Apparently, uh, she learned from her mom that she can uh, talk to cats because she saved a cat when um, she was a little girl and gave it food. The cats are like, yo, thank you for saving our prince. By the way, there's a kingdom of cats with a cat king. Uh, And they're like, yo, you saved our prince, so we're going to give you a bunch of gifts. Turns out all the gifts are things that cats would want, like mice, cattails in her yard, mice in her uh, shoe, her shoe locker at school, which is some like fucking saw level shit, if you're asking me. Um, and eventually the cats tell her that she's going to marry their prince. She ends up seeking out the cat bureau so that they can help her. And she meets the Baron Humber- Humbert von Gacken. Gekken and Muta, as well as a talking crow named Toto, who is a, who live in a like area where things that are created by people can come to life. Eventually, she is whisked away to the cat kingdom, and she must be saved slash save herself. Uh, overall, it's a really fun experience, and it's a really easy movie to sit and watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's just crack on into uh, our staff and stuff for the English dub. As this was a Ghibli dub, this was back in the day. Taken care of our uh, quote-unquote friends, the mouse. Oh. Ah! ah. Uh, but nowadays, uh, G Kids has the rights and is distributing this. So if you do want to pick it up, you can pick it up from G Kids. Uh, in terms, there's
0: zero of- percent chance there'll be an obnoxious feature starring uh, John Lasseter on it.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Because John Lasseter,
0: yeah, I don't, fuck I, John Lasseter. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he did. I don't know if he would have done an introduction to this. I think they're only on the Miyazaki directed ones. But I do know none of those. Yeah, because those... he
1: was. He's apparent. He was apparently a friend of Miyazaki's and really admired his work. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe that. <laughs> but yeah, I've but seen, John Lasseter is a garbage human. I've seen some of those, and I often wonder. It's like, so,
0: so does Miyazaki enjoy this man, or is he just kind of humoring him because they're professionals?
1: <laughs> I I would hope. I would hope the latter because this is the man that. Yeah. Th- th- among the lots of awful, horrible things that John Lasseter has done to people, uh, he also made it so that cars was a thing that exists in our world. And people now have, like, you know, implications about how the universe of cars works. Like, how there's a sentient Pope mobile, and how do you get baby cars?
0: I, I'm, I'm invoking the Ruiko Takahashi rule of I don't think about it, and neither should you. Should you? Let's.
1: <laughs> if you don't want to answer a question, anybody, you should definitely pull the Ruiko Takahashi card and just, yep. I don't think about it, and neither should you. Yep. Things you should think about is the directing and writing team for this movie. This movie was co directed by Ned Lott. This was the only director that I could actually find on Anime News Network. Um. And the writers of this were, I believe, the married team of Cindy, Davis Hewitt, and Donald H. Hewitt. Ned Lott directed the dubs for My Neighbor the Yamadas, Pompoko, and, unfortunately, Tales from Earthsea. Um, also, no, I cannot ever think of Pompoko without hearing the song I've Got Big Balls. AMV Hell. Oh, boy. Uh, Cindy. Mm-hmm. No, go <laughs> go ahead, you, first. No, I no, gonna, you I was, first. I was
0: gonna make a smarmy comment about AMV Hell. Is a lot to answer for. It does actually. Uh, also, according, I believe from the credits, I think uh, Rick Dempsey, who was also the producer on the dub, is the other uh, credited director. On okay,
1: thank you. Yeah. Um, and then the writer uh, Cindy Cindy Hewitt did My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Pom and Whispers of the Heart. Uh, Donald Hewitt did Spirited Away Nausicaa and Whispers of the Heart uh, writing adaptation as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will say I think it is very good that they got the people who did Whispers of the Heart to come mm-hmm. in and do this because this is essentially th- the spiritual successor to that film.
0: Well, the, the, my favorite part is I think if I had the chronology right it's not that they got the Whispers of the Heart people, it's that they got the, the Cat Returns people to dub Whispers of the Heart which came out later than this.
1: Oh my god. Ameri-
0: Amer- yeah, that's right, co folks. America got the two movies in reverse order, because I assume they wanted to get the
1: newer Ghibli movies out first. Yep, not realizing that one needs to come before the other. Uh sadly sadly, the only thing I can I can think of though is that this movie doesn't have country roads.
0: Nope. You'll you'll find no John Denver or Olivia Newton John here.
1: Oh, that's right, because she did the cover of that for that movie. It's
0: her version, yeah, because it's got that enormous gospel choir thing at the beginning.
1: It's it's kind of the best. No
0: offense to John Denver, but no, uh, for what I've seen in that movie, that's the that is the correct version to use for that movie. So you know, good good choice. Good
1: job. Have you ever wondered like? This is getting off topic, and I'll get back to it. It's like those those things of what cover is original than the better song for like that particular instant. Mm-hmm. And always my go to answer is I need to hear for Shrek too. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so good. Is that
0: a cover? Oh, I guess it is. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah it
1: is because it's not. Um. Oh God, I'm not the is music person. Ta- is it Bonnie Taylor who does the original? I, th- I think it's Bonnie Taylor yeah it is uh yeah it's holding out for heroes Bonnie Taylor the original one uh but overall like I really like this dub um yeah, it has a lot of Disney's you know thing that they did which was getting a bunch of celebrities in there because nobody learned their lesson from Robin Williams um but I think in this case it really works and honestly like their choice for the cat King ended up working out really well for them because that person happened to do a lot of screen and voice acting. Mm -hmm. um so i think the movie came out really well together writing wise there's nothing like inoffensive like there's nothing offensive to it it's a completely inoffensively written dub Mm -hmm. um nothing like dates it super bad it just feel it does feel like it feels a little stiff at times but i think that's more or less on people who don't work with a lot of anime slash this you know Probably coming out in, like, 03, 04 when the dubbing game wasn't as strong mm-hmm. as, as it is now. Um also think, like... I, the other thing is, too, is, like, maybe Disney didn't put, like, their A-game people on this. Knowing that they were probably also working on, like, what would become the, the first anime ever nominated for an Academy Award in Spirited Away.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like... No, I, I, I have a feeling you can probably look at some of the uh, adaptation credits and kind of see like which are which are the ones that we know are going to get a big fancy theatrical push when they come out, and which ones are going to get a DVD release.
1: Yeah, because I think a lot of people in this in this cast-wise comparative to other uh, stuff that came out maybe is a little bit more unfortunately beelus casting as of the time because when we say the lead, you're not going to think that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, I will give them credit, though. I feel like... I felt the same way when we did... Uh, were you on the Parker Rosso episode? I can't yes, remember. Yes, I was. Yes. I felt the same way as saying where they were, because, like, I feel like that they knew that movie was probably not going to get quite the push. I feel like they there was less pressure to get, like, quote-unquote big names. Uh, and I think they, they were they were able to lean into, like, we're not necessarily going to get voice actors. We're going to get, like, character actors You can probably fall into that a little more easily, because that's usually why you hire them, to, like be mm-hmm. a personality um, yeah yeah I, I i thought yeah i thought this is a this is like a very a very good dub for this movie i like i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun uh well i'll 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 highlight specific performances i really enjoy but it's like i i generally feel like most of the disney ghibli dubs have a pretty good average like they they definitely have their creaks and flaws as a function of being produced by disney and their sort of mindset um, but I, I generally feel like you know the, the the average quality level is pretty good and I, I think this is a pretty good example of where I think it's even a little a little north of that. like this is this is very
1: solid. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I wouldn't say like uh this isn't I don't think the level of um of like spirited away, which I think came out like literally a couple of months before. Probably, because I, 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 I feel
0: like th- those were both part of what was basically, like, Disney's initial wave, I think. Not that I remember anymore. It's been too long.
1: Yeah, and then, like, looking at the the castes between this, like, that one, Spirited Away had, like, James Marsden, and, like, probably big-name child actor at the time, child mm. voice actor who just came off of Disney's, mm. like, big film at the time, which I'm assuming was Lilo and Stitch, because it's Davy Chase, he was Lilo. That seems likely. Um, and then you got like, I'm looking at this, there's like David Ogden Sears is in there, which is how you know it was a Ghibli film, um, <laughs> told by Disney <laughs> because, you know, he was in there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just hilariously learning that Roger, Roger Bumpus was in Spirited Away. <laughs> wait, that's another, wait,
0: that's another MASH, MASH alumni. Roger Bumpus? No, David Ogden Stiers. he's in MASH, I think. Maybe he's Sof- in the tv show not the movie
1: yeah he was in the tv that's show that's right never mind does d- ca- second degree mash exactly uh but are you good to move on to the first set of characters i am uh cool so let's start with the the kingdom of cats oh shit sorry um right. i'm fine the kingdom of oh shit <laughs> um <laughs> i was trying to open i was trying to grab something to open a drink and it slipped a little bit and hit near my speaker oh. um let's talk about the kingdom of cats baby uh, the Kingdom of Cats is a land where it's noon all the time It feels great I'm pretty sure they're fucking high And their king is literally A a fat cat that looks like he's been static shocked Whose eyes are going in two different directions And sounds like a bad Elvis impersonator And it's great He's so, uh,
0: he's so perfectly designed to Just you know, All the other cats are so cute And he looks like the one that's like
1: he looks yeah. like the one he you you know that viral video of ma there's a freaking looking cat under my bed <laughs> like that's what that cat is yeah, i don't I don't know that one but he, have you ever seen that one that's
0: like some like extremely hairy cat is being like carried out of a building by like i think like a firefighter or something and there's like alt text that's like him r- giving some sort of like you know super villain rant
1: yeah like <laughs>
0: it, it looks-
1: was me austin yeah exactly he looks like that <laughs> The other characters include Yuki, a the cat that Haru saved as child, who works as a waitress under the king's servant. Uh, under the king's service, she's also the one that told her to go to the cat bureau. There's Prince Loon, who is the cat that Haru ends up saving, and he is in love with Yuki. The reason he had gone to the human world was to get her the treats that um, Haru had fader- fed her as a sign of their love. There is Notary, who is the advisor to the king. He is essentially the straight man to the Cat King's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then there is Notaru. He's a yes man. Um, he is a yes man and/or his actor's Sona. Yep. Uh, playing Yuki is Judy Greer. Playing Prince Loon is Andrew Bevis. Playing Notary is Renee Alberjonis. Playing Nautru is Andy Richter, and playing the Cat King is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tim fucking Curry. Uh, Judy Greer is an actress who does a lot of, uh, I've realized, kind of like small background roles in a lot of things. Uh, she's Lucy Wyman in 13 Going on 30, Karen Mitchell in Jurassic World, and Maggie Lang in Ant-Man. Andrew Bevis doesn't have a lot of uh screen credits. He is mostly an actor in Australia for stage. Uh Renee Abajonis uh is known for it's was it Oto oh, in Deep Space Nine? I think, it's, I think it's
0: Odo. I've never actually watched Deep Space Nine. I just know Odo yeah. Odo comes up a lot from the yeah, people Odo in Deep Space Nine.
1: But he's also Father Macaulay in the film for MASH, the skull in the Last Unicorn. And to make my boyfriend happy, Mr. House in Fallout New Vegas. Andy what? Richter, you will know as Conan O'Brien's partner in crime. Uh, slash the guy who keeps letting Paul Rudd get away with it.
0: <laughs> I mean, if I were in his position, I'd do the same thing.
1: <laughs> that joke will never get old. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you see the one where he does it on the podcast? He- I, I'm look, I'm the one I'm looking
0: forward to is when hopefully many, many, many years from now, Paul Rudd passes away and he has the people at his funeral pull this stunt on Conan.
1: Oh, if Conan gives his eulogy. Like absolute like it's, it's Getting the last Paul Rudd gets the last laugh.
0: <laughs> and he he will have the same reaction as on that podcast where he is torn between being completely infuriated and also like, this is a really good bit. I'm kinda jealous of this as a professional comedian.
1: He's, I can't believe you've been getting away with this for, like, 30 years. <laughs> It'll never not be funny. Nope. Uh, but Andy Richter, aside from being Conan's right hand, is also characters such as Ben Higginbottom in The Mighty Bee. He was a marine in Halo 4. And just to uh, bring out the cursed, he was Mort in Madagascar. You know, Madagascar the dreamworks
0: franchise i never watched madagascar i was i was i was a grouchy teenager when that came out you know
1: da 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 circus da 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 afro circus afro circus afro see that 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 bullshit
0: that i do know because i had a very small younger sister when that movie came out so i never saw i i didn't have to see it but i it was it was around i was i was vaguely familiar
1: that's the third one. I've, I've, like, he basically is, um, if, if you've been, you know, blessed as to never have seen Madagascar, mm-hmm. uh, Mort is, um, Sasha Baron Cohen's little bitch. Oh,
0: no. Uh,
1: it's him, I think Cedric the Entertainer, in, or the Lemurs. Oh, no. That's what that is. Oh, and, boy. Uh, Tim Curry, I would hope, needs no introduction. Um, Tim Curry is a a icon from Frankenfurter in uh Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, to Rooster in Annie. Um, where is one of my favorite? Mo- where the fuck is Clue? Where the fuck is Clue? Oh, what the man? fuck's the butler's name? He has a name. I don't know. No, the butler it? slash Mister Body. Why is Clue not on his fucking Wikipedia page? What the shit? Oh, Wadsworth. Wow, I'm dumb. I missed it. Wadsworth and Clue, um, everyone's favorite. Miss Pennywise in the original It. The original It things. But in terms of voice acting, you would know Mr. Tim Curry as a lot of your childhood. Like Hexus in Fern Gully. Like. Where is the page I had for him? Uh. Did you know he was a Prince Lotor in one of the Voltrons? I did not, but In Voltron the Third In Voltron the Third Dimension, and of course, Marianne. I'm a sloth. Look how slowly I move. Nigel Thornberry and the Wild Thornberries. has any man
0: ever had as much fun acting as Tim Curry?
1: I don't know, and I love him. And he had a ton of fun in this as the cat king. Absolutely. Just, I think like he was the one person uh, who I think actually had voiceover experience going into this. (sighs) And he's just like, fuck yeah.
0: (laughs) One one of the funny things, because this has a little like 10 minutes sort of, you know, Behind the microphone on the on the Blu-ray from like the old Disney release where they just kinda interview the main cast. And who remember finding it funny that when they did Andy Richter's bit, I think he is the first person connected to an anime dub who has actually said the phrase automatic dialogue recording. You know the thing ADR stands for? And it's like yes. Oh yeah, for most of you that probably is your point of reference for all this. Just like uh, the sound was crap on set that day, so I had to dub myself over in post.
1: Yeah, and Meanwhile, meanwhile, Tim Curry's like, hell yeah, I'm going to have a good time with this as, <laughs> as the King of the Cats. Who, like I said, gives gives a performance that can only be ascribed to as a bad Elvis impersonator, but it works. I was, I was trying to think
0: while watching it. What I know this is Tim Curry, but it doesn't feel like Tim Curry. What is it setting it apart? And I think the realization was just the way he says, babe. Yeah, like, thanks bo- a lot, babe. Like, yeah, bo- both, both that he calls everyone babe and just the way he says it, which is like, ah, this is sleazy in a way I'm not used to seeing out of Tim Curry. This is great.
1: Yeah, and then I think definitely Renee counterpoints him so well as this very, like, straight-laced advisor, like, please, sir, you hit one of our own. <laughs> <laughs> just that the whole sequence where they're in the maze. <laughs>
0: I love I lo- a- my kingdom for a spin off starring these two. <laughs> just the
1: cat. Oh yeah, at the end, I think I'm going to retire. You know what? I think I'll join you.
0: <laughs> the king gets in increasingly ill-conceived situations and Notaro doesn't quite try to stop him but does sort of attempt to rein him in.
1: And René Renee does a very good job as like the old advisor kind of voice. It's it's not anything new, but it works definitely and in- and in- in contrast with Tim Curry's very over-the-top king thing, mm-hmm. and then you just literally have Andy Richter playing himself.
0: Good, good, strong, good, strong second banana performance from one of America's favorite second bananas.
1: I I just love when it's like that's it I'm blowing up the tower but I'm going but your approval rating sir <laughs> and then and then he's like where's that detonator oh I left it inside oh you mean this I found it <laughs> such an obnoxious little suck up. The energy between the three of them in that sequence is just like the perfect level of dumb, like team rocket level bullshit that you want out oh, of someone like that. It's 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 got that perfect like
0: dumb older brother, slightly smarter middle brother, deeply annoying littlest brother.
1: Yes, and then just Andy Richter when uh <laughs> when he's getting harder to come to the world, it's like your fat friend exceeds our weight limits. <laughs> And he's just like just like the ah, Kind of aspect to his voice, because he's so pathetic! He's a, he's a... No true, not Andy Richter himself. Andy Richter himself seems like a really cool fucking guy. Yeah,
0: Andy, Andy, Andy Richter seems great, but he seems very funny in this. Oh Good times.
1: Uh and then I don't really have a lot to say about uh Kelly and uh, I'm sorry Judy and and Andrew. They did a good job as their little like kind of bit parts. Yuki kind of had like an oddly mothering tone which I found was a little weird, but they both sounded fairly good. They're they they don't get to do a ton. They're
0: they're they they are they are perfectly good for the roles they have been cast in. They do a good yes. job. Happy they're there. Thumbs up.
1: Yep, are you good to move on to the second? I think so. So let's talk about Muta and Toto. Muta is a giant fat cat who doesn't really want to help people. But deep down, he's he's kind of a jackass with a heart of gold in the non-Disney words. <laughs> uh, he likes food. And, and for some reason, Natsuri is like, wait a minute, I fucking know that guy. And then at the end, it's it, kind of towards the end, it's revealed that he is actually Ronaldo Moon a famous criminal in the cat kingdom who once stood in their lake and ate all their fish and booked it. (laughs) (laughs) To which the Baron replies, that's disgusting. (laughs) Um, Don't call him fat. He's fluffy. And then Toto is a stone crow that was created by someone who comes to life and assists in the Baron. him and Muta have a love-hate relationship in which they insult each other, and Muta knows about five insults. You know, like a typical 12-year-old. You already called me that. Yeah. You you already called me that, too. So, playing Muta is Peter Boyle, and playing Toto is Elliot Gold. Peter Boyle, you will know for his multiple, uh, film and television roles, especially, uh, Frankenstein's monster and young Frankenstein. That's right. He's putting on the ritz. Mm-hmm. Or in this case... <laughs> sorry, that's one of my mom's favorite movies. It's a great it, movie, and he's it. It's so good. He's really funny. <laughs> uh, he was Crazy Joe. It uh, Joe in Crazy Joe. Uh, but most '90s children, if you were subjected to sitcoms by your parents. Uh, would know him as Frank Boyle in uh, the American live action uh, remake of the beloved visual novel series, Udaware uh, Maro, or as it's known in America, Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> Did I just make the most elaborate underwater Ray Romano joke of all time? Yes. Uh, but Elliot Gold, you'll know car- uh people, uh, characters such as the Owl and Yellowbird, Ted Henderson and Bob, Ted, Carol, and Alice. And of course, uh, which I believe this is probably his most famous role of all time, the one I'm about to say, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Trapper John Francis Xavier McIntyre in the film M.A.S.H.
0: Congratulations, folks. This is the, our first and only time you'll hear a reference to Bob, Ted, Carol, and Alice on an anime podcast. <laughs> I looked through his Wikipedia and he's like, he got nominated for an Oscar for that. It's about swinging. It's great. <laughs> oh my. Also, for for you weebs out there, I'm going to shout out uh, my favorite performance by him. He plays... Philip Marlowe in an adaptation of Long Goodbye, which I like because I watched it on a friend's recommendation and I'm I'm convinced that about 50% of Spike Spiegel's DNA is just Elliot Gould wandering around in a rumpled jacket, not really knowing what he's doing, but trying to solve a murder.
1: You know what? I would not be surprised if Shinichiro Watanabe had watched that. I mean... That movie's
0: definitely in like his strength zone as far as just the kind of stuff he likes, and I—it's just like
1: if I—if you ever get the chance to like interview Watanabe, would you be like, have you <laughs> uh, did you base did you base any of Count Spike Spiegel on Elliot Gold in that film? Even if that's even that just ends up being a
0: pure supposition, I would want to know. If nothing else, I'd be like, well, if you haven't seen Long Goodbye, you really should. I really feel like you'll enjoy Robert Altman's take on the uh, noir conventions. Just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I feel really weird because this is like this is an actor where it's clearly like in your wheelhouse because I've never I've never seen any of those movies, and I'm a film major. I'm a film studies major, and this is where I started my card. Like, it was really funny. I was sitting out on the couch watching this because my my PS4 was being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my mom had come home and I was watching it, and of all things, she doesn't she doesn't recognize Peter Boyle. In this. Mm-hmm. And she says, does that crow have a famous actor? And, and I'm like, yeah, it's Elliot Gould. And she goes, oh yeah, now I hear it. <laughs> um, didn't ask that about anybody else in the movie. Just just Toto. Um, <sighs> to which Toto does have a very, very, like, distinct voice.
0: Elliot Gould, he is from New York. He is Jewish. Are... Could you tell?
1: Yeah, really, right? <laughs> Like it that that crow sounds like it would come up to you in the subway and tell you to fuck off.
0: One hundred percent. Oh, and
1: I love it. No, it's
0: great. I'm I look. I'm delighted he's here, anyways, because I love Elliot Gould. He's he's one of my favorite actors. But he's also he's very he, Toto doesn't show up too too much, but he is like this. Is very much just like it's not a huge role, but they got a good actor. Who understood what the character needed and he put it in there and I liked it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the thing I like about him the most as Toto is that he very, very much plays well off of uh, Peter Boyle's Muta, who I will admit sometimes Peter Boyle's a little stiff, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's because he's very clearly not used to to doing that, this type of work. Also be, if I'm correct, Peter Boyle might have also around this time recently had come off a heart attack. That wouldn't. That wouldn't. Really, ninety nine. He had it in ninety nine. Yeah, but I. Th- I think. I mean, I think this is
0: relatively close to the end of his life as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he would. Yeah, he he passed
0: away in 06. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, that was, that was sort of like He was. He was a. He was a. He was. A, he was, a, he was a quite a weak link, but he was a little stiff in a few places, and I think that's one of the. I, I think he's the mm-hmm. one. The one person in the cast I would point to who I feel like. Him being primarily a screen actor who probably doesn't do a lot of, like, VO or looping or anything kind of shines mm-hmm. through. He's really good at yelling, though.
1: Yes, he is fantastic at yelling.
0: And he he's good at, he's, he's really good at the yelling. He does the insults with uh, Elliot Gould really well. And he, like, he, some of his lines are really well, <laughs> there's a bit where the Baron cons him into helping out Haru, where he's just like, there's angel cake in the fridge, and he's just like, "Oh, why didn't she say so? It's just, it's it's very it's just very much like <laughs> it's like oh okay yeah just it's, it's it's a little bit more of a mixed bag but like when it does stick I do think it's like yeah yeah no I see why you cast this guy like like when it's when it's good he is he's nailing it
1: oh definitely and I think um no so for me I think the thing that works really well with Toto is that he he Elliot Gould can get the serious down. I think you can definitely tell he took this seriously. There's a mm-hmm. lot of times where I would imagine a lot of Hollywood actors are, are like, you know, fucking Crest Rock, it's like, oh, it's so easy to get into a booth and make noises. <laughs> oh. I'm not saying he deserved to get slapped, but um but I think for me, the other thing that really works for this two set of characters is that I think Peter Boyle put a lot of heart still into Buta. Like, he definitely sounded like your grumpy old grandpa. Mm-hmm. And that really, really works off against Haru's actress. And how uh, she comes off and how suave the Baron is. Mm-hmm. I I also really love the livery of, Muta, you're huge. Nah, you just got smaller, kiddo. <laughs> because Haru is, you know, Muta is Muta's size in, mm-hmm. in real life. That and I love when he's like, yep, that was me, bitch.
0: <laughs> he's so proud of his crimes
1: it was me austin <laughs>
0: it was me all along i do i think I, I was mentioning earlier i think something this this benefits from is a lot of the even like the more famous people aren't like super duper famous and you get a lot of mm-hmm. people who are sort of character actor types and i think you have the <laughs> advantage that they jelly like they're like I'm being hired to do a job, and I'm not gonna fuck around, because what if I don't have a reputation, what do I have anymore?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: So, like, you know, you're not, you're not, Peter Boyle's not gonna come in in half-ass it unless he's, like, real, unless you have a real, maybe, maybe he's in some real dog shit, he'll half-ass it a little bit, but most of it's like, if I, if I keep, if I don't do this, I'm not gonna get work in the future, then where am I? Mm.
1: Uh,
0: yes. Yeah.
1: Alright, you good to move on to the final two characters? I think so. Awesome. So let's talk about our two basically leads. The Baron, who is a cat statue that comes to life to help people. He is suave. He is dashing. Uh, He definitely uh, might have awakened some things in people. Uh, (laughs) I'm not... Mm -hmm. I mean, am I wrong?
0: Look, I was watching this and it's like, he's such a fucking anime boyfriend. He
1: is. He's such an anime boyfriend. Uh. And then we have uh, Haru, who is our very sweet, nice girl who, I guess, plays, like, lacrosse. Uh, That's a lacrosse stick. I've seen those. (laughs) Uh, She is a little, she's shy. She's kind of klutzy. She has a crush on a boy in class. uh, But she is basically told, I think, which is a great message, which is no matter what, just always believe in the person that you are. Uh, so, playing the Baron is one Mr. Cary Ells, and playing Haru is Anne Hathaway. I need to i pref- will start. I'll prefer Anne Hathaway after, but Cary Ells is a god. If he was not like the hunk of the '80s, I guess <laughs> he is a well-known uh, character actor slash is just, you know. Beloved by all for cult classics Including uh, Obviously Wesley the Dread Pirate Robbers The Man of Black and The Princess Bride And Robin Hood and Robin Hood Men in Tights
0: Where unlike some people He can do a British accent
1: Yeah (laughs) Uh, But he was also Donald Curtis In Porco Rosso He was Garrett in The Quest for Camelot And he actually was also the Baron In Whispers of the Heart So they did keep that intact played by Academy Award winning actress Anne Hathaway <laughs> and you're wondering damn Disney how could you afford to put Anne Hathaway on a direct to DVD movie this was in 2002 where Anne Hathaway was still a baby and was doing a lot of stage work
0: and was maybe like what two years removed from uh, one of the movies you're probably going to bring up she was
1: in Absolutely. Yeah, she was doing a stage uh, up for a while and some television. Uh, she was in Get Real as uh, Megan. But a lot of us would know Anne Hathaway from movies like Hoodwink, where she was Red Pucket, Jewel, in Rio, and if you two were a 10 to 15 year old girl in the year 2002... Uh, 2000, sorry, 2001. You might have heard of a small independent film called The Princess Diaries starring uh, Academy Award winning actress Julie Andrews <laughs> directed by Gary Marshall and starring Anne Hathaway as Mia Thermopolis. Um, and if you were a girl, of two, a 10-year-old girl in 2001 like I was, you fucking loved The Princess Diaries. So, Amon, uh, would you like to start us off? Or are you still reminiscing about The Princess Diaries? It
0: took me a minute while watching this the first time. I was like, man, Anne Hathaway sounds so youthful in this. And it took me, it's like, right, right. She was like 20 when she recorded this. I need to like. I need to separate everything I've seen Anne Hathaway in in the last decade from this, where she's like, you know, Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I she does a, re- I think she does a really good job. She does a very good, just like sprightly, energetic, uh, just like, just good, good, like you know, cool but not necessarily self confident yet, teen girl. Um, this is this is. It's very much one of these movies where I feel like you know if if Haru and the Baron aren't cast well, I feel like the movie just kind of falls apart because the the movie's about the two of them to a certain extent. Um, and mm-hmm. I think I, I, she just does a really nice job. Like she's she sounds very authentic. Um, I think she she doesn't have any of those issues where like some, she gets kind of like weird line reads here and there. Like it felt like she took this very seriously and was like, yeah, no, this is this is an interesting movie and I want to be in this. And she notes in the. <laughs> I like that both of the Japanese and English making of notes that whoever plays Haru has to yell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of yelling in this movie.
1: I mean, yes, that happens a lot.
0: It happens a lot. No, I th- she does a really good job in this to the point where it's. I, I mean, obviously she's done some other EO work, but and you know, given how famous she is, I don't know if she's going to be doing a lot, a lot but... of that in the future per se.
1: Um, I mean like... uh she she Hudwinked was 05 Okay. Uh Rio was twenty eleven. Okay. Yeah, Rio, then she would play, you know, Catwoman and win an Oscar for playing Fantine. <laughs> um Wait, does she have two Oscars? How many fucking Oscars? Well, I, I believe she, her
0: first Oscar, I think, was for. No, maybe she only got nominated for Rachel getting married. I remember that was the. Yeah, one she like, got nominated. Okay, she that, got nominated. She didn't win. Yeah, that's. Is that she one won.
1: It? She won for. She won uh, an for, Academy Award for *Lamez*. There we
0: go. Okay, because I remember Rachel getting married coming out being like, "Oh, damn, Anne Hathaway can act." Jesus.
1: I have never seen that movie
0: neither, neither have I I've wanted to Cause I like the The director Jonathan Demme Is a guy I really enjoy But I've never gotten around To watching it Cause I'm horribly lazy there's too many Fucking movies these days
1: All I know is like Next year I was like Yeah next year's the year I'm gonna go back to AB So I can visit Jared And just like hang out with him <laughs> So we should just Fucking watch it Yeah there we go Ugh. Yeah when When does Rachel Oh Rachel getting Mary came out in
0: 08 Jesus Yeah there we go That sounds right Who the right. fuck is in that uh,
1: Other humans No, sorry yeah. No, it's really funny because, like, I think that year was just, like, a year of, like, weird Tom movies that she did and an Oscar. Yeah, there we go. Because she... To be fair, though, I liked that getting Get Smart movie. That was a fun movie when I was, like, in high school. <laughs> but that is not this movie.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, To me, Anne Hathaway gave me a lot of vibes of, like, Caitlin Glass in mm. this. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I felt like she was very much on the same, like very much, reminded me a little bit of like Winry from FMA, mm. which I don't know which who's that more of a compliment for Caitlyn Claster Hathaway. Um, <laughs> they're both great actresses, and they should meet one day. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that I really like about Anne's performance is that I could believe that that was still a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Even though Anne was like twenty. Mm. To which holy shit Anne Hathaway was twenty in, in two thousand two and Yep. I thought she was much younger. Oh yeah. I didn't realize she's almost forty. <laughs> uh
0: life comes at you right?
1: fast. Fucking Christ. She's only ten years older than me. Um she's only nine years older than me, holy shit. Um And I think to me the thing that always made me come back to this movie was Anne's performance. Mm -hmm. Like I, I loved Haru when I first saw. Like I cosplayed as Haru, Mm -hmm. like when I was very baby weave. And it was always one of my favorite characters and performances. And I think this reminded me how much I liked it so much because I could grasp onto it so much when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I could definitely see myself as that character, you know. And I think Anne's vulnerability and stuff really leads into it. Like, especially like, she's like, yeah, no, maybe life as a cat would be easier. Uh, and I like that kind of the whole, her whole art for the movie is, you know, coming to realize that taking the easy way out is not, not the solution. And that maybe the little things that you were always so worried about don't make as, don't mean as much in the grand sense of things, as long as you're true to yourself. So I really liked her performance especially at the end where she's kind of you know up before her mom and she tells her tells her friend like yeah I don't really care about the guy i had a crush on um and she's become kind of her own person and then what do we say about Carrie as the Baron?
0: Why? What, what a heartthrob.
1: Yeah, really, right?
0: <laughs> it's they it's even even these like like people who work for Disney or like oh, this guy's primo boyfriend material we need to get someone like suave and gentlemanly to voice this guy or it's not gonna work. And so we got it, it's 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 like okay we can't get Clark Gable because he's dead <laughs> but who who else has that that primo like like just extreme gentleman energy uh, Carrie Eles can do that so let's get Carrie Eles. <laughs>
1: I mean, Carrie Owls has probably awakened a lot of things in some people, so. Uh, that's. Uh,
0: I'm sure a lot of people were watching The Princess Bride, and it's like, lady, what are you complaining about? Look at him, like, all right, like, uh, uh, all right, he murdered your boyfriend, but like, whatever. <laughs> Come on, look at him.
1: It's fine, fine. But no, I think that's the thing I like. I think you really nailed it. He is suave and gentlemanly.
0: He's 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 so quintessentially dashing and it never tr- it never sounds like he's like trying too hard to do it. It's that right level of like effortlessness.
1: He- oh, you know like uh like when he uh shows up to um like sweep her off her feet and entertain her. Like, uh- <laughs> and and the king is like I don't fucking like this dude. <laughs> and it's like beca- is it because unlike you he hasn't bathed in grease? <laughs> <sighs>
0: exactly what i'm talking about just like just like you to, like, you wanna you wanna swoon over him
1: uh, i may not be i might not be a, fu- a furry but in a
0: in a in a much sillier version of this story like whenever he shows up like a gaggle of women just appear to like fawn at him and have hard eyes like he's that he's that kind of guy
1: i really love his performance too um, like i find it funny to also be that he's like the one guy that they keep going back to for Ghibli.
0: Dubs. It's 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 very funny to me that he's like the Ghibli guy. He's a Ghibli. Also, just like it's like all right, we're here. Here's something that's extremely within like the Carry Ooze Ulra, and then it's also like oh, we need someone to play this deeply obnoxious Texan.
1: Hey, wait, Carry's <laughs> on speed dial, right? Can he do a Texas accent? I still, I still, one hundred percent have it in my head canon that that guy was based off of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> He's definitely,
0: he's definitely, he's got that right kind of just like, it feels true. It feels true, right? It feels true.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the thing too is, uh, I really like them at the end where it's like, I think I have a crush on you. You're nice too. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like, Adios.
0: It's like, ah, oh, you're sweet, but it's not going to work. But good on you. But you
1: see, I'm a statue. I'm a statue.
0: Who's also a cat man. <laughs>
1: Adios. Bye bye. Baron, away. <laughs> Baron <it> out. <laughs> Come, Toto. Take me to the next girl who needs an awakening.
0: <laughs> oh, good times.
1: All right. With that, are you ready to finish this up? I think so.
0: So, what are your overall thoughts on this? This is a, this is a really. I'm glad I watched this movie. Um, mm-hmm. this is it's a really fun it's a fun movie that I feel like does not get talked about enough. I think both just due to when it originally came out and the fact that its director has not gone on to do a lot of other stuff that has kind of helped bolster it. I'm shocked by how little he's actually, like, directed since then. Like,
1: yeah, he's this, this... worked on a lot of stuff not as a director, mm-hmm. we found out! Yeah, like... I mean,
0: it's, it's like, you know, he, he gets work, and clearly, like, he is a talented guy. I am just surprised, like, he's done this, he did, like, a One Piece TV special, and he did one TV series, and it's odd to me that he hasn't gotten more direction work, given that he seems like he's a pretty, like, talent... There that was there's a scene in here that I liked because it was just a little artistic flourish since you know, apparently part of the idea of this was you know Ghibli kind of want to get more new blood since you know Takahata and Miyazaki aren't going to live forever. Um it's that bit at the end where they're finally back in the real world and like Baron has summoned uh, Baron has summoned up Toto and they and they're like running down the little like stairwell. The crows. And the pro- yeah, and I just like that cuz it's like that's not that is not how either of the two main Ghibli dudes would have composed this scene. And I like that that was in there, like I don't think
1: like they would have just had
0: them falling through the skies, something pretty they, much. Yeah, pretty like they or they wouldn't have gone for something this kind of like like low key surreal, I guess. Like it's not part of either their like general styles. Um, and like all I'm
1: thinking of too is like man, if this was a uh, oh god, what the fuck is his name that did your name?
0: Uh 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 ah fuck,
1: fuck, I'm blanking on his name yeah uh, shinkai shinkai yeah 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 if it was shinkai they'd be holding their hands as the lens flare went down uh
0: what was that? anyways like i i like this movie it 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 feels like kind of kind of it's ghibli-esque but also feels like it's his own thing um and i think this is a really strong dub for it i think this is like something you can easily like you want to watch it in english like this is a really good way to watch it i don't i think it if it doesn't strictly, like, add to it, it doesn't attract anything. Like, this is a good way to watch it. And more people should watch this, frankly. Uh, this is this is a really strong movie that I feel like gets slept on a lot.
1: Huh. Okay, yeah, definitely. No, I'm sorry. I'm looking through, because you mentioned the director, Morita, who unfortunately hasn't gone on to to direct a lot of other stuff solo, but he's worked on stuff like Boku... Uh, he did direct Bokurano, hmm Which I've heard, if you've read the manga, you'll hate it, but if you haven't, you'll love it. <laughs> Um, but I was also looking at the writer Reiko Yoshida, I did not realize that that was the woman who, cre- who writes Tokyo Mew
0: Like, the manga. Really? Huh, how about that?
1: Yeah, and she's also done a ton of script, co- it might be wrong, but she's also done, like, a ton of script compositions for, like, anime over the year, including things as recently as, um, uh... But uh, she did the script for Silent Voice, but she also did uh the Hanky story hmm. last year, which was an incredibly underrated series that we promise that we'll eventually make an episode on as soon as we get a full cast. Mm-hmm. Um uh, <laughs> huh. But overall, my thoughts, like like I said, I've always loved this episode since so this this theory, this movie since I was a kid. And I really think that it overall um has a great message and a great it's a great time i think that the dub stands up really well maybe not as strong as some other ghibli movies but it's a good time you really should watch it um like i said this is always my favorite ghibli movie not because i don't think it's the best but it's because the one i can sit and relate the most to and just it's also really funny i think it's probably the funniest ghibli movie the the
0: the the the, the, this is the the joke the joke ratio is very good in here
1: yeah I forgot my favorite part where they're the bad musicians and he just keeps
0: chucking them out the window. Oh yeah! No, that that right—that's the part that definitely wouldn't show up in a Miyazaki yeah. movie or a talking. Yeah, he chucks like- he
1: chucks the uh. Yeah, he he had the executioner cats who chuck the guy throwing the squid because he cut the girl's top yep. Out the window, and then there was like a a bad like act and one of the other dignitaries was laughing so he threw him out the window. Uh, I think my favorite part of that is as the, the guy who threw the uh, knives out is going, one of the cats very quickly makes the sign of the cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this movie's fucking great. It
0: really is.
1: <laughs> my, 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 uh-huh. my
0: favorite part is I noticed this, but apparently those two show up later because they're cats. They land on their feet.
1: Yep. <laughs> they're just sitting outside waiting for them. Good times. All right, with that, uh, are you are you good to go? Win? I think I think I'm good. Awesome. Uh, so if you'd like to watch the Cat Returns, you can pick it up on Blu-ray from uh G Kids. I believe they have the Steelbook out. I don't know if there's a regular version out of it, but uh, I'm there, pretty
0: sure there is because that's the one I own.
1: Okay, yeah, there's a the regular edition. There's also a Steelbook. Uh, if you want to stream it, they are streaming this via HBO Max. In the United States, I believe everywhere else is Netflix. Sounds right. Um, we're in the U.S., so we just know it's on HBO Max.
0: Uh, uh,
1: if you'd like to follow us. Oh, al- oh, also, shit.
0: one other way you can watch it. Uh, I think this episode will be out in time. June 26th and 27th, it will be doing a limited run at, like, you know, Fathom Events-related theaters or whatever. Oh, um, the
1: Ghibli Fest. Yes,
0: so uh, if you're near a theater and going to theaters is the thing you feel okay doing these days, you can check it out that way. I don't know if one or either of them are going to be dubs or subs or whatever, but you can check that out yourself and see if that's an option.
1: Anyway, if you like anything that we do, you can follow us here uh, at Dub Talk on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Uh, We have a Twitch where we do streamings. I'm on streams on Tuesdays. Uh, I am currently in stream purgatory until I feel safe until I feel emotionally ready to play Fire Emblem again. Um, But if you'd like to support us as a one time thing, uh, we do have a Ko-fi below. But if you'd like to support us on the regular, we do have a Patreon where you can uh, subscribe for us and our content uh, if you're a $5 tier, you get a shout-out, which is my parents, Michelle Travis, Nico Robin, <laughs> butt with yaoi hands, and Victor Mayborda. And if you're at the $10 tier, not only do you get a shout-out, every three months we do a, um, I guess, raffle. Because that's going to be... That should be happening starting next month, mm. on July. Because I believe that's next quarter. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. yep, yep. Um, so... You can force us to watch just about anything within reason. And our $10 Patreons are Anthony Brown, Carly Lesticale, Crimson Akinda, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Julia W., Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Uh, Amon, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure, I'm Amon. You can find me on Twitter at US, where I talk about movies and comic books and bullshit. And I also talk about music, and I have a dusty old song for the episode.
1: Oh, of uh, course. I
0: was originally going to try and do something about cats, but I thought that was a little too obvious. <laughs> So, uh, I instead decided to take inspiration for the uh, song that plays over the credits, which is, uh, I failed to write down who performs it, but it's driven by a ukulele, which is an instrument that, uh, outside of actual Hawaiian music, I mostly associate with kind of uh, pop. which, if you're not familiar, is kind of usually sort of light, usually British-oriented pop music, kind of recent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Belle and Sebastian are technically kind of like the big names in that genre, but the one I want to talk about is a uh, now Sally defunct band from the two Onitans called Aloe Darlin mm-hmm. uh, Who I actually got to see in concert once uh, And they were very nice, they're very nice people uh, Their first album which is also called Aloe Darlin is really good The song to check out is My Heart is a Drummer Which is a nice song about A slightly complicated relationship And also about how uh, Graceland by Paul Simon Is a great album even though no one likes to admit it Because it's too obvious a thing to say you love But you <laughs> should do it anyways Because it is that good so
1: check Paul that Simon. Out
0: uh well who doesn't like graceland
1: fair i was gonna say i find it really funny though because like you know how we talked about the wild thornberries yeah. before did you know paul simon did the credit song for that movie I, did, I think i did know that actually yeah it's a really good song too i think he got nominated for an academy award for it this does not shock me it's called father and daughter it's very good and it'll oh. make you cry oh that's cute it's a- it's a tribute song to uh, Eliza and Nigel. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I like how we both kind of made the Nigel noise. <laughs> Just that. Marianne, I'm a cat. Look how I tried to make a child bride. <laughs> and that's enough curse content for your summer at the movies. Uh, thank you, Amon, for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, look forward to... Some more Summer of the Movies fun, and we hope that you have a great rest of your day.
0: Rock over Boston, rock on Chicago.
1: And otaku on, my friends.